What is going on, everybody? Scott Ogan coming at you here. Welcome to the Legion of Birdies podcast again, presented by Anchor. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going to be traveling here in a little bit, so um, excited to do that. Going to be heading out on the road, doing some things. So make sure you head over to YouTube, Scott Ogan Golf, if you're interested in seeing where we're traveling to, where we're playing. Hopefully give you some ideas. Uh, our goal in those series is to show you some courses that are you know, very, very interesting, very cool to play but doesn't have to cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars. We'll also show you some places that are pretty fun to play and playing them in kind of their lower times as well. Um, and uh, giving you an idea of, you know, getting out and trying to see some really cool golf courses as well. But uh, we are here. We have just finished up the FedEx regular season, the FedEx Cup regular season. Now the tour is going to be heading through to the St. Jude Championship, which is at TP Southwind, a great golf course. Um, and then they head to the B the BMW Championship, um, which I'm trying to think of where they're going to be playing that one at, which is interesting because I always that one always hurts because they used to always play here in Chicago and now we don't have a good tournament here in Chicago. So that's always interesting, but uh, they kind of rotate it around. Sometimes they come back to Chicago, uh, but honestly, sometimes they don't. Oh, they're at Wilmington Country Club. That's right, in Delaware. Um, so that'll be actually pretty interesting to see. And then they go and finish it up at the East Lake Golf Club at, in Atlanta. We'll get more into that later. I'm not going to lie. East Lake is just one of those courses that just does not do it for me. And so the storyline of the event really needs to carry me there if it's not very intriguing you know when somebody's starting 10 under par and all that stuff it just i don't know it just doesn't feel right to me but we'll see again it always kind of just sees how it goes but i am excited for the saint jude championship we're going to do a complete complete rundown we're also going to talk a little bit about live and everything going on with that uh at the end i want to focus on the good stuff going on right now so we'll do that um we're going to be at tpc southwind this uh, this week, um, which is in Memphis. It's a fantastic golf course. I had the privilege of actually coaching on it. Our college team played there. So I got to hit some shots on it and stuff in practice rounds, but uh, mainly coached on it. It's a very, very good golf course. Uh, got to drive it well because you're going to have some interesting shots. It's not, you know, a tour length. It's not the longest, um, but you know, it's a very strategic, it's a tricky golf course. You got to kind of play some angles. Um, you, you know, I like it. It does give some challenge. It's not the most flashy of golf courses. Um, you know, as we look through it, I'm looking through it. It just kind of depends on the conditions you get. It kind of depends on the angles that you play into it that uh, make it a really good golf course. They do play it at, I believe, a par 70. They take one of the par fives that we would play. So um, the fifth hole when we played it was a par five. They turned that into a four. So which it's only I think they play it at 475 or so. So it's uh, it's pretty you know, you know, pretty, I guess, standard length nowadays for the guys on tour. Um, but you get you get some holes that are going to be really interesting. I don't know. It's just always interesting when you play these these tour courses or when the tour goes to courses, the holes that I think are tough 
you know, these guys just light up. For example, the sixth hole was this par four. Now it's not crazy long, but it's, it kind of goes straight uphill. You tee off like right next to this office park and it goes straight uphill and it kind of dog legs left. And if you hit it in the rough, granted we play it in, uh, actually pretty close to the same time right now. Actually, we play it in late, late August, early September is when we were playing it. Um, you get this Bermuda rough that's very thick. You know, the thing about Bermuda rough when you're playing it is it's doesn't have to be long. If you ever go to like Florida, you know, you get an inch, inch and a half of Bermuda rough, you know, Georgia, Alabama, these places where it's hot, Bermuda thrives in hot grass. Um, it's one of those grasses that is super, super thick. So you don't need it to be tall for it to be tough. And so, playing here we kind of ran into that where we're playing these courses and our guys are hitting shots and i just remember thinking like man this is a really hard hole for example the sixth and and these guys it's one of the easier holes on the course they average 3.8 uh six which is you know under par obviously and that's pretty impressive the seventh hole which is a little longer kind of the same idea but i didn't think it was as hard as the sixth that one averages over part 4.118 i mean it's just a little longer but i just thought that was interesting to see um as we went through it but it's a great golf course one that you know probably because i've been there i'm more excited to watch it uh it is a little depressing when you see some of the lines and stuff that people take and where they drive it and all that and you know we i saw where our guys were driving it who are not short hitters but they just aren't taking these same lines um it's also interesting to see the short game shots they hit because again you look at them and say oh these are fairly tough and they make them look easy uh you know that's always interesting to see so it's going to be a course that really depends on the wind. And, uh, you know, again, if it really comes down to learning where the pin locations are and then you play your shots accordingly. You really do. Um, and if you can get the angle right and you're going to be able to attack a little bit, if not, then you're not. So, um, so, yeah, excited to see that. Now, we're starting off the list here. We're starting off the week. We've got 125 players. All right. So we have who's made it into the FedEx Cup Championship. Now, Ricky Fowler was the bubble boy at 125. Matt Wallace was the guy on the out at 126. Um, Austin Smotherman as well, who actually he actually lost his spot. He missed the cut. He missed a putt. It was kind of heartbreaking and he knew it. He missed a cut, a putt that would have made the cut. And that basically sealed his fate that he wasn't going to make it. Um, So you have quite a few names that are interesting that are not getting through or not technically through. Now, they may have some, you know, you get some exemptions like you can use a one time exemption. If you've earned enough money in your life on the tour, you can say, all right, I'm going to use my career money list exemption so you get to if you lose your card you get to keep it for a year and use up that exemption so you've got guys like zach johnson um let's see you've got guys like actually jonathan bird tends to get in events he was kind of there i think he's lost his now bill haas i believe is gone as well and same with luke donald um he had that but i believe his is now gone um as you go there's just names on here that it's like it's a little bit surprising that they 
are down here as low as they are. I guess you don't hear a whole lot about them, but you know, you had Harris English who kind of looked like he was coming back into form. He is down at 186, although he does have an exemption. Jimmy Walker, his PGA exemption is up, so he doesn't have a card for next year. Um, his five years is done now. Um, you've got Kiradek, Appy Barnrad, who who have for one time was playing real good. Vaughn Taylor had a win three years ago now at Pebble Beach. You had Sung Kang, who is, you know, George Gankis guy. He was, people were looking at him a lot. Bubba Watson is on the list at 151. That's an interesting one because what happens with this list is if, you know, if you're in the 126 to 200, Okay. What happens to you is you get to go to what's called the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. And then the top 75 on the Corn Ferry Finals that are, that are not in, right? Um, they, they go there to those as well. So it's actually the top 75 on the Corn Ferry Tour. And then what they do is they play for 25 cards at the end of a three tournament series. So the top 25 who haven't qualified are getting those cards. And so you, you get 50 cards out of the Corn Ferry every year. And so you have guys like Bubba Watson, who's at 151, who should be going to Corn Ferry finals technically. Now, I don't know if his master stuff or all that's still good, but Bubba is signed on with the live. Now, he hasn't played yet, so he's technically not expelled. But you now look at, I believe if you go down the list you go into, you've got guys that are not going to get in because Bubba is technically in and he's taking up a spot. So you go down to like 201, Jonas Blix, Joshua Creel. Um, those are guys that are on the list for the tour, for the PJ tour. And then you go over the P, the uh, corn fairy list and you've got some guys that have been Monday qualifying in all year and they're not getting into the corn fairy tour final. So that's kind of the part where, you know, when we talk about all this stuff with live and all that, like I think the PGA Tour just has completely missed the boat. The whole point of this and where all this backlash starts is and where the tour is is got to be careful is they're going to lose on this middling end, right? Where they're ma- they're going to have better offers for people and they're going to take it because they don't want to run in. I mean, think about it. Bubba Watson is in a spot right here. Um, where he might be going to the Corn Ferry Tour. Like, why wouldn't he want to go over to live and just keep making a ton of money? And Harry Higgs is another guy who has actually lost his card. He's going to the Corn Ferry Finals. You know, these are guys that, you know, they could play. I mean, they could be they could be the next Max Homa, a guy that really fell off for a little bit, but then he regained it. And now he's a star. Like they could be these guys, but they're not going to stick around on the tour. Cause why would they, they can go over to live right now and, and be there. Um, I think the tour has to be careful of how they treat everything in this middling kind of level. Um, Cameron champ is on that list, but he did have a win. So I believe he's still good. Another name, Nick Hardy, who I root for, he's an Illinois guy. So he's in the Chicago area. I do want to see him do good. Danny Willett's, uh, he lost his tour card. That's interesting as well. So some names that have lost it. Um, 
And some names that squeaked their way in over the weekend. You had Ricky Fowler get in at 125. That's somebody I hope can get his form back. I like Ricky. Um, some very good stories in the professional golf world, you know, the teaching professional world of him being very generous with his time, generous with to juniors, generous to programs, helping trying to boost you know, teaching programs, get kids involved, stuff like that. So he, you know, to, for everything I've heard, he is as good of a guy as it gets. He's as real as it gets. Doesn't, not afraid to have fun, but he, you know, he gets it and he tries to be uh, a real guy out there. So that's cool. Um, you had Kramer Hickok, Nick Taylor, Webb Simpson, Lucas Glover all get in. Lucas Glover was on the outside. He did manage to move him his way in. Um, you know, Pat and Kazire, same thing. So these guys moved in. Doug Gim got in, local guy here in Chicago as well. So we've got some good names in there, even at the, the bottom end of the rung. And that'll actually raise some interest. I, I don't know if they can pull it off and get into the top 70 for BMW, but they got a chance. They've got a chance to do it. And uh, they actually bring in, I do think it gives us a little bit of firepower to the event. If the, uh, you know, if the first place isn't doing it for you, then we can be watching for what happens on the bubble uh, for the BMW. That would be nice, but uh, we'll kind of have to see how that all goes as we're going through. Um other than that, we got a week here. We're going to have three weeks. And then I really think we're going to start seeing some fireworks after the FedEx Cup is over. And uh, then we get to the President's Cup. And after the President's Cup, what I'm hearing is we're really going to have some fireworks um, from players that want to play on the President's Cup team, but then uh, don't want to risk that, but then possibly going over to live. So we're going to kind of see how that all works out uh, as we go forward. And so we'll kind of see what happens with it. Now, the other big news is there has been a lawsuit filed with it's in California, I guess. And that's because that's where majority, I guess, the most events are played for the PGA Tour or something like that, even though the PGA Tour is based out of Florida. So that was interesting. But you have 11 or I believe it's 12 players who are suing the PJ tour, trying to get their status back on the tour. Um, and three of those guys are eligible right now to play in the FedEx cup. That's uh Taylor Gooch, uh, Bryson, I believe is eligible. And uh, one more that I can't remember off the top of my head. Might have been Reed. No, it wasn't Reed. Um, anyway, there's three guys that are eligible. They want to come back in and play in the FedEx Cup. Um, to me, I think that's kind of ridiculous to think that it would work. Although I think they probably are just trying to get it to happen for the future. I also think the tour, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with it. It's such a weird um it's a weird, weird thing that we have going on with this whole situation. And I'm looking at their names. They took them off the list. The guys that I know, um, they're not even on this FedEx Cup list. So what you have is you have guys like Phil. Um, Phil, which was revealed, has been suspended for the tour for two years for trying to recruit players to live. You have then a bunch of other players. You know, I guess they're trying to play it off that they're suing the other players on the tour that that money is directly coming out of the players pockets. I think that's a spin by the tour. I mean, I guess technically that could be true, but um, you know, to be honest, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense 
because these guys want to play on the PGA Tour. If you're going to play on the PGA Tour, you got to play at least 15 events. Plus, Liv is going to make them play 14 events. So they're actually going to play 29 events, which for most guys is a lot of golf. That's more than they typically play. So that seems like a little bit counterproductive to what they are trying to do. But, uh, you know, we're going to see what happens. I actually have a feeling you might see some sort of stay or some sort of legal thing happen where this might get, uh, you know, I don't know what the legal term for it is, but they might allow it temporarily to happen while they figure things out and the suspensions might get lifted. I just don't see how these guys come back to the tour though at this moment. And, you know, they made their decision. They knew what was going to happen and they now are, you know, it's, it's, you know, I don't know. It's kind of weird. They got their money. They want to come back and play for all this money. I, I'm not, something doesn't feel right with this one. Now I've been all for the guys going to the live. Like I've said, Hey, they, they should be allowed to go. I don't hold it against them for going. I completely get it. Why they want to go look at again, you got guys like Bubba Watson, all these guys that aren't secure with their cards. Like they, you know, yeah, they, they can make a lot of money, but they could go a long time without making more money, right? Like it, that is very possible. Um, and again, some of these guys in the middling to lower range, like a Dylan Wu or somebody, it's like they really haven't made a ton of money yet. And so they're trying to secure that. And so that's just something I think that would be interesting to kind of check out or see what's going on now. Do I, I think the tour has, has played this really badly from the start. If I was the tour, I would have just said, hey, you guys go ahead. Um, but you're going to, you know, they should have rules in there saying, like, if you go, we're going to have priority to people that um, are consistently playing our events or something like that. Don't allow events to be cherry picked, stuff like that. Right. They could do that. Um, you know, the more events you know, you have first priority type thing. Um, they, they have ways they could do stuff like that, but they really should have just let this go and said, all right, see you later. But what's going to happen is you're not playing in events. You're going to get hurt in these rankings. You're not going to be able to earn points. And eventually it would sort itself out. I think it would. That's the beauty of the system of the tour. It's like if you don't want to play then don't play, but you lose out on the chance to earn points. You know, it's, it's like what we do in our Illinois section stuff, right? We have a point system. The more you play, the easier it is to get points. You know, you obviously get points by your finishes and stuff, but you know, you can earn a lot of points by just showing up. And so that's could be the same thing um, here. It's just, I think the tour didn't take the live seriously. And now all of a sudden, they're in trouble. They're really, again, they're in a weird, weird spot. And I'm really curious how this goes. And what stinks about it is that what I really like to see, I was talking about this, I think, a couple months ago, that what I like to see is what draws me to tournaments is who is playing. And the more better players, the better it is. Like, you know, last week in Greensboro, I honestly did not watch much. Um I watched a little bit on the online just to get some storylines, but I just could care less about who was playing. And then the other thing that happens is the, is the golf course, the, the course doesn't, you know, Sedgefield cool course, um, Donald Ross design, 
all that, but it just doesn't really do it for me, in all honesty. Um, it's not that intriguing to watch on TV. I'm sure it's great to play, but watching on TV wasn't super exciting. And so, you know, I don't want to play. I don't really want to watch that. So the big thing that you're kind of looking at is, all right, how can I, can I watch tournaments on good courses and who? where are the most good players going to play. So that's getting divided up. So that's unfortunate. And, you know, again, I think the tour has partly to blame in that. Obviously the live has a big part to blame in that as well. But, uh, you know, I think there could have been something done that would have said, Hey, we're going to make this work and take care of this. So interesting times, interesting stuff, interesting to see where this lawsuit goes. Um, it will be interesting to see how things happen going forward, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what the FedEx Cup is going on. So what I'm going to do, what we're going to have for this week, if you follow us over there on Instagram, we'll have our picks. But actually having some good runs with picks. Um, we'll have our picks for betting. So I'll let you know what those are. And uh, we'll go from there. But uh, again, excited for what we have coming up, getting on the road, playing some some golf, some courses. So make sure you head over to YouTube, Scott Open Golf, and check that out. And uh, we will have more with it. But other than that, thanks so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Legion of Birdies podcast. We'll see you in the next one.